to the smoking section. Here we are, another episode. I am joined here by a new friend, a guy I've met multiple times. I love his music. Cameron Marlowe, how are you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing good. You doing good? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Got a little stogie there for you? I do. Ah. Liga Provada number nine. Oh. Oh. I'm real fancy with it. You're a little fancy. A little fancy. A little fancy. So, um, we, we, we basically, you know... This is your first podcast with us, so we're basically just going to talk about everything from your life into now, which is a lot going on. You have a lot going on. You just put out a new single, Tequila Talking, and you just announced that you are going to be on tour with Brad Paisley. So let's start with that. First of all, did you freak out when you found out that you were going to be on tour with Brad Paisley? A little bit, man. I was uh, kind of taken back because uh, I was not expecting a tour this year. I was hoping to be able to play some shows, but with everything going on, man, I was just very blessed and very honored that Brad asked me to be on the tour. So I'm looking forward to these dates and looking forward to going out and being able to play on the road again, man. You know where you're looking forward to going? Because I know that they're... Hopefully they're, somewhere they're... on the West Coast. I haven't been out to the West Coast at all, so maybe we'll make it out there. Ah, we'll perfect. Okay, so now you, you now you're on tour. You dropped an album now, Tequila Talking. Uh, single, rather. I love this song. I like this, as, as I told you today, I've listened to it four or five times on the way of a fucking interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> It is a jam. It is a bop. Thank you. Um, what was your thought process writing this song? Uh, man, it comes from kind of a real place. Uh, I've been kind of tipsy talking to girls many a times, <laughs> and uh, I came into uh, the writing room with Dan, um, Dan Isabel, and I was like, man, uh, I have this title, Tequila Talking, and it's actually an old Lone Star song as well, wow. that title is. And I was like, man, it's been quite a few years. I wonder if we could redo it and uh, change it up a little bit. Well, he starts playing that on the guitar track, or the guitar and uh we kind of start finding our groove with it and uh we get through the first verse and get through the second verse and we're still not sure on the course we're halfway writing it and uh we ended up just kind of passing on it for a minute and uh we were just were like ah, i don't know really where to go in the course so then we uh we bring ray fulcher in which is another good buddy of both of ours and uh he comes in and just uh he has the melody to the course just in his mind and uh there it was from there on we, we were on a roll and uh, finished the song that day and now it's out and it feels really good man you got a hit <laughs> hope so you got a hit that is you got to knock on some wood after saying that man come on i'm not gonna some wood but that's a fucking hit that's a that's a hit um you're seeing success you're you got giving you up playing everywhere sober's drunk playing everywhere i'm loving sober's drunk i'm loving giving you up and when i heard it i was like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> I'll take that. Man. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because it's like, this is such a good fucking song. Thank you. So um, let's take us back. So you're from North Carolina. From Kannapolis, North Carolina. Kannapolis. Where the hell is that at? Um, About 40 minutes from Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Heading south, I think. Okay. Is that in the mountains? No, no it's no? kind of in the middle, in the Piedmont area. Okay. Okay. So you came in here what year? Oh, 2017. So you only been in town for four years. Yeah. Something like that, man. Wow. Haven't been here. I hadn't been here long. Wow. Okay. So growing up, who did you listen to? Where, what, what was what was it like being little Cameron Marlowe? <laughs> a lot of 90s country, a lot of Brooks and Dunn, a lot of George Strait. Um, and then my grandpa, he was uh, a big 80s and 70s country uh, fan. So we listened to a lot of Waylon Jennings, a lot of George Jones, uh, a lot of Merle Haggard, and uh, a 
little bit of everything, man. I, I love fiddle and steel guitar, I and mean, that's what comes out in a lot of my songs and a lot of my music. It seems like you're bringing back the trend of country music. I wouldn't say I am, man. I, I just, you're, I'm just doing my thing. Yeah, you're doing. I mean, I mean, you're doing your thing, but it's it's bringing back that trend, you know, from the '90s and old school country music that is still modern to this day, and people still want to hear it. And people still love that. You still have a fan base for that. So it's good. It's great to hear that you are inspired by those guys like Brooks and Dunn. Have you met them yet? I have not. I'd love to, though. Man, you gotta meet them. Um, <laughs> man, you gotta meet them. So, what, um, when you told your family, what was that moment like that you were, you said, hey, I'm moving to Nashville? Did they say, uh, you're crazy? Well, they thought I was crazy just because of this simple fact, man. I was, I had spent a lot of time visiting and coming back and forth into town, and, uh, I wasn't, I wanted to move, but I didn't have the guts to do it yet, I guess. So I was doing my thing at Red Door, getting really uh, drunk one night, and uh, I met up with one of my buddies, and he had a couple buddies with him who weren't uh, in Nashville yet. And uh, it's the first time I met him, and one of them, his name's Matt, he came up to me, he was like, hey man how are you and we like just kind of shout the shit just talk for a little while and then uh he was like well man me and this other guy jeremy we're gonna we're gonna get a house and i was like oh that's awesome man like congrats and he was like do you want to move and i was like i mean yeah i'd like to and i didn't think anything of it we're all drunk at this point and uh i get a call like a week later because we exchanged numbers and everything he's like hey man uh still wondering if you want to get in this house and i was like well shit that's kind of got real quick so <laughs> so i was actually in uh New York. I didn't have any money at the time. And uh, I get a phone call uh, from, who was it? I think it was Matt. And he was like, man, uh, deposits due. And I was playing some shows. So I played the shows, cashed the check, sent it straight to them and uh, got the deposit for the house and moved in and called my parents after that. I was like, hey, uh, I'm kind of moving to Nashville. <laughs> so it happened real quick and Holy real randomly, shit. man. So you didn't have a go-away party or nothing like that. Mm. Holy no, shit. I just up and left, man. Your parents probably really thought that you were crazy. <laughs> they definitely did. <laughs> uh, mine is like you gotta have a plan know what the hell you're doing like you're going to school no i'm not going to school no no not happening not happening i tried this i, I tried I, yeah. I didn't last I didn't like <laughs> <laughs> i'm a three-time college ground dropout get the hell out of there uh, uh i tried so you moved here you started playing around and in, in obviously in Nashville, tennessee you started playing around and you started uh getting to the rounds where was your first place you played when you moved to town man that's a hard question i don't really remember uh, I guess the first place I played was Old Red down on Broadway. And then I would say the first like real songwriter round I played was uh, Revival. Yeah. So I think that, those were the first two places I played in Nashville. That's uh, I think that's the same place uh, Luke Holmes played too. Yeah. He played a lot there. He played a lot there. That's when, when the Ray Fulchers. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's a good place, place to play if you're being a songwriter. Absolutely, man. And uh, a lot of great songwriters are there every week, man. I mean, it's, they're killing. That, that's at Ten Roof, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We just talked about Ten Roof. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good memories at the tin roof. A lot room. of good fun memories at the tin roof. A lot of things I won't remember at the tin roof. <laughs> so, okay. So, you playing there. So, were you scared when you came to town? Because you had friends, clearly, moving in with people. Clearly, I wouldn't call friends. them friends. I'd call them acquaintances. I mean, I mean you moved in with them, so. <laughs> it worked out in the long run. So, you had friends. So, you know, um, 
did you were you were you nervous coming into a foreign land and like not knowing how to maneuver yourself and maneuver in this industry because this is this is a cutthroat industry man i moved here and had absolutely no idea how this industry worked i mean i still don't like that <laughs> it's just besides the fact but like i at least got a grip on what's going on now uh versus when i moved here i didn't even know what a publisher was i didn't even know what anybody's job was at all so i just was kind of blindly coming into this and was like i want to play music and here i am holy so, shit and i kind of started from that man so who um you got your you got your pub deal so where are you signing at right now at sony atv sony Publishing. well yeah sony atv sony music, sony music sony, yeah. yeah they keep like, changing their name names man <laughs> it's just so many damn names to remember uh, <laughs> and we had rusty Gaston on here before sorry rusty uh, <laughs> well, tell me about that day you went and I'm sure you got shopped around. I'm sure you went around town trying to get that pub deal after you finally realized what the hell a pub deal was. <laughs> the funny part about that is I actually did it. Yeah. I didn't realize we were trying to get deals. I thought I was just meeting people. <laughs> and then the deal just kind of landed on the table. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, here we go. I'm looking at your manager right now, and she is shaking her head. <laughs> and it is hilarious. <laughs> She's shaking her head. They're like, oh no! <laughs> it's I had no okay. idea, man. Hey, but you know what? It's okay because you, you, you—that was a way to show your more, more authentic self. <laughs> you know, it's all right if you didn't know that you were meeting people that were, you know, it's all good. I just knew we were taking meetings. I didn't know what the meetings were for. <laughs> I was saying like that. I just was going in playing songs. Lord Jesus, help us all. <laughs> Luckily, I got a good manager who navigates those matters for me. I'd be stranded somewhere. <laughs> She's looking like, oh boy, we're going to edit this shit out. <laughs> no, so, okay, so what what made you pick? What made you guys pick? Because I know this is, we're, we're going to get to you getting the mastery done, but what made you guys pick Sony ATV? Uh, Damn it, Sony Music Nashville. <laughs> I would say family, man. Uh, Publishing. Yeah, Tony Publishing. They uh, they treated me like a family, and uh, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day for me. I always want to have my team feel like a family. I'm from a small town, and that's just how I was raised and how I was brought up. So anything I do, I like to treat my team as a family, my band, my uh, record label side, anybody, my management side, everybody that's involved, man. I try and keep them close. Have you found that this time, obviously, haven't been, we, we have, obviously haven't been on tour or anything, but have you found that this time, the last year, you've been more creative? Uh, I would say that in 2020, I was very creative uh, just because we had a lot of time on our hands where we weren't out playing music. We weren't really taking meetings or anything like that. Everything was solidified and then the world closed. Uh, so with that, I just kind of had a lot of time on my hands to really sit and write and really uh, think about the direction of my music, which is a great time for me uh, in the circumstances we were in. Right. But um, yeah, I feel like uh, in 2021, I'm stepping back a little bit. I'm recording the songs that I got to write in 2020 and uh, going from there, man. And we're we're looking forward to putting out new music over and over again. Man, I cannot wait for the new music to come out. I really can't. I really can't. I'm a release party if you have one. You know, we got you, man. Put we me on the list. Put me on the list. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there front and center. So let's, all right, so we're going to rewind because now we're going to go back to you picking this wonderful manager that's staring at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin. I met Caitlin at uh, Doghouse. I was security, but I was also tipsy. Um, <laughs> putting that out there. They can't do anything to me now, so what the hell. <laughs> what are going to do? Ban me from the bar? 
Oh, I don't go so there anymore. Funny. So <laughs> I was tipsy. I met her uh, through her boy. Her boyfriend introduced me to her. Instant connection of friendship. She is a sweetheart. I'm not saying it's because she is sitting here in front of me. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying it so because I want to know. You said everyone you feel like family. Was it an instant family connection with her when you picked her to be your manager? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I made her work for it quite a bit. I was working with a, a manager before I came into town. Uh, I, well, I call him a manager and then i had a uh another guy who was managing me in town uh for like maybe five or six months and uh it just wasn't clicking uh at the end of the day and uh but i i'm a very loyal person so i felt like i owed him to be loyal um and then she kind of came in and swooped in and was like hey um we're actually kind of interested in managing you would you like to take a meeting and i was like i don't know i got this other person managing me and uh came around she was like hey like after I blew her off the first time, she was like, hey, uh, I think we should take one more meeting. So I took one more meeting. They bought me dinner. That's my weakness, I guess. And then uh, from there on, man, we hit it off. It Where was, was this dinner? Um, it's a place called Ernest. Oh. Yeah. And that was the fanciest place. Where I've the hell been. is that at? Because I didn't even hear of that. I, I couldn't even. Wedgewood, Houston? Oh. I don't know. That sounds so good. <laughs> it must have been good. It made you sound good. <laughs> So you, you guys have been kicking ass. Of course, you signed over to the AMG. And for those of you who don't know, AMG has a, a list of badass artists in town. Obviously, um, you've, you've gone through some things in here because it hasn't all been peaches and cream. It hasn't been smooth as butter. You get in this town and not knowing anybody, not knowing a pub deal, going through a bad management deal. I wouldn't say bad, but like you had some hardship. Um, what have been some other obstacles that you've gone through that you had to overcome to get to where you are? Oh, man, um, I'd say learning to be an artist. Uh, as weird as that sounds, man, trying to really put my creative side first and not just uh, and myself first as an artist uh, because I, I wanted to please everybody when I first got here and I uh, really wanted to appease anyone that felt like or I felt like was helping me at the time and uh, I wasn't really putting myself creatively first or uh, yeah I guess that's the best way to say it um, so once I started to find my team and find my family I really it kind of freed my mindset up to know that I have these people that are taking care of me and uh, I can just be free to create music and write the music that I love wow um, I've, it brings me back to the advice that someone gave me actually probably two weeks ago uh it's time for people to start being selfish with their own career and loyalty i'm a loyal person as well and loyalty obviously gets in the way of being selfish for yourself um and the fact that you learned that from going you know going through everything you had it shows the maturity for art for an artist for a new artist because a lot of new artists get deals and a lot of new artists get into it they like they still have no idea what the hell they're doing you know where they're going what you know what what's the plan for how to how to take a step so i'm glad that you learn how to be an artist and i'm probably i'm sure you're still learning because i'm sure there's a shit ton of more you gotta learn Absolutely, <laughs> you're still a new artist so um is there any point any plan at all of tequila talking being a single at radio i don't know maybe it depends on what people think about it man no. if it blows up and people are just consuming it and loving it man then i'd love to have it listen man i've looked listen i've seen the reaction of it already it's blowing the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, then maybe, man, I, I'm very excited about that song. That song is, uh, it was one of the first couple rights that I wrote in town. It was my first write with Dan Isabel before we become friends. And uh, I think it was my second write with Ray. Maybe it might have been my first write with Ray when we brought him in. And uh, it magic just happened that day, man. I love that song so much. And uh, Ray's have, a killer. Ray's he's, a, he's awesome. Man, he he's gets great. in that room and he is just on it, man. So, um, we're going to take you more deep. We're going to go a little more deeper here. All right. You've been through some obstacles. You got your artistry. When was the hardest no? Because I'm sure that you, you, know, you got told no a couple of times. Or you got told you weren't going to make it. When did that happen to you? <laughs> um, as far as artists or personally? Artists. Artists. Oh, hardest no I've had so far. Mm, I don't know, man. I really don't know. No? I don't know. No? It hasn't happened yet. It probably has, but, man, I just try and brush it off my shoulders and roll. That's the way you got to move in this industry. What'd you say? That's the way you have to move in this industry. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, man, you can't let negativity hold you down in this place, man, because it, it will drag you down. Ooh, ain't that the truth? Now, how I just know as a person. Uh, ooh, um, I was about to get married before I moved here. That was crazy. What? Yeah, I was really young. Please tell us about that. <laughs> so that's really what uh, giving you up comes from. Really? So that's a real true story. I wrote that by myself about a girl that I was getting married to, man, and uh, or planning on getting married to, and then it fell through. I had my whole life planned out. I was working this job. It was steady. I was feeling real good about it, and uh, had the ring. It was like a week or two away from proposing, and she called it, and uh, she didn't know I was going to propose, and uh, so. So I came home one night and was like, man, I just need to get some thoughts out. And I picked up my guitar and I wasn't really even writing. That was one of the first songs I'd ever written. And uh, I just kind of sat down and put pen to paper because I wasn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know that like it was cool to like write on your iPhone. So I was just like writing out shit <laughs> on pen and paper. <laughs> and uh, um, it kind of, I wrote probably damn 12 verses of that song of just things I wanted to say to her and uh, narrowed it back to two and put a chorus to hold it. On, hold on, hold on. There's 12 verses to this song originally? Somewhere. Yeah, there's somewhere back in, back in Carolina. Yeah, there's a back in Carolina get those 12 verses. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a there, repeat there, of yeah, it. Yeah, there <laughs> needs to be like an alternate version of that song. <laughs> I mean, come on. I bet she's regretting it now, though. <laughs> she hits me up from time and, time. Yeah, I bet she... <laughs> Hearing that song, damn you, Cameron, damn you, damn you. I would hate to be a person who knows a song on the radio about me. It's pretty funny. And then everybody, <laughs> I would hate. It's like I feel bad for every Taylor Swift ex-boyfriend. I really do. I really do. I would hate to be the person. So that was the hardest no. Holy shit, I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. And uh, But I'm so glad it happened, man, to be honest with you. And at the time, I really was like down about it. And I was like, damn, what do I do with my life now? Like I had every all these plans that were laid out, had my life what I thought was laid out. And I was like, I was just going to settle down in Kannapolis, North Carolina, buy a house, a little bit of land and live like. Uh, and then when that changed, I was like, well, my, my horizons are kind of open. I had to look at it in, in a bright way and just kind of take it with a grain of salt and uh, realize that there's a lot more life to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what really started drawing me to music more and uh, drawing me to write more and drawing me into what I get to do now. And uh, coming into Nashville, man, and the way this industry's kind of wrapped their arms around me and the people here have wrapped their arms around me, it's, it's been great, man. And it's uh, it's been a cool thing. So now, what, ex- what inspires you now? Because obviously that was a heartbreak that, that came into to a new, uh, a true song and a true story, basically. So, what inspires you now when you go into the room and write with something? Do you do you already have something set, plan, or is you're gonna write, or do you just go with the flow? 
Oh man, some days it is that way. Some days I have titles that I've got from conversations or or movies. Even man, I watch a lot of movies, which is probably not the best thing. To Are say. you a romantic comedy? I'm not. Okay, I'm a dramatic person, man. I'm really oh. tra- I love drama movies <laughs> or or like thrillers or something that keeps you on your toes. Ooh. But uh, man, I love uh, I love like Yellowstone. Like Yellowstone, I've got a lot of titles from Yellowstone, man. There's great liners in there, and man, there's a lot of things that you can pick through with that with that show and. Uh, uh, I've gotten yeah titles from a lot of things, man. Mostly conversations, some billboards, some yeah. They come from everywhere, man. So I try and find inspiration in everything I do. And uh, but some days it's, it is that go with the flow thing, man, where you sit down and you're like, what are we gonna write today? And I think those are the magical moments in music when uh, you don't know what you're doing and you just make it on the fly. I think a lot of people get by not knowing what they're doing in this industry because it, it makes them fearless. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to put it. It's, it's more like you're fearless. I I, I said it's about one friend before I'm like there's I have one friend who's trying to get in the street and she's very naive and it's it's the naiveness is either gonna come back and bite her ass in her ass but it's or it's gonna make her successful. Um and I've told her that like this yeah. is you know but that's so true because we all have come into this industry being so naive and being you know just passionate about this industry and passionate about music. Yeah. That sure. we want to just be able to have that fearlessness. Um, so, what's your favorite song you put out so far? Um, and then, what's your favorite song you've written? Favorite song I put out so far would have to be Folsom Prison. Even though I didn't write that song, man, the way that we've established that and the way that we mm-hmm. redid it, and uh, it, it really hits home for me because I came up with the arrangement. Mm-hmm. And we, we went in the studio with a with a purpose that day of uh, trying to bring back a song that is so legendary, and it, that's a hard thing to do. And I don't know if we did it any justice band but uh we're excited about it and i'm excited about doing it it's so fun to sing and so fun to uh be a part of and then i would say the very or my favorite song i've written man i think steady heart um steady heart is one of my favorite songs and I, it's not out yet but um it's I'm, I'm excited for when it does come out because it's going to be uh hopefully pretty cool for people it's uh i wrote it was the very first song i wrote over covid and it was a zoom write which i was not used to i, I didn't even know what zoom was at the time we were i was we went through so many technical difficulties i don't think anyone knew what zoom was <laughs> no man no but we were in like so many technical difficulties and like trying to break down this song and uh, i wrote that again with dan isabel and uh, a woman named Jesse Alexander who is who wrote the climb yeah so she's quickly become one of my favorite writers in town and uh it just it just happened i was sitting on my back porch i had bourbon with me at like 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> because you know covid a lot of us were, <laughs> a lot of us were drinking at that time and we were just having a good time man and that song just fell out hey you know some of the best interviews i've had on this podcast has been over zoom that's awesome man with with whiskey yeah <laughs> whiskey helps whiskey helps it loosens everyone up and it's just like oh let's just go ahead and go for it you know um so I can't wait to hear Steady Heart. I want to hear that shit. Uh, manager, please send that to me. Um, <laughs> um, so, so moving forward, you get ready to go on tour. You're getting ready to do all this stuff. You're getting ready. You're getting ready to blow up. What is? <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. You gotta. You have a follow. I've noticed your fan base is just. It's it's beginning to become that cult fan base, which is great. 
man i'm so thankful for them too man because without them i wouldn't be i wouldn't even be doing this man so it's been uh it's been really great to see people who's who's been the person that you looked up to most in this industry man i'd have to say it's this guy named rob williford he's wrote a lot of luke Combs songs and uh, he's wrote a lot of other great songs and uh he's kind of been a mentor to me in this town as far as uh coming in brand new uh just asking for advice and one of my favorite pieces of pieces of advice that he gave me and this was before i was even had a deal of any sort yet uh he he told me always remember that the song comes first uh no matter what you're doing in this town if you believe in it then that's what you need to do and uh i've really latched on to that piece of information of putting the song first and putting my writing first uh above anything else the creativity has to be there before anything else can fall into place that's true because you know what the because the artistry can die down but there's a lot how, how many songwriters out there try to be an artist fell flat in their face but are killer fucking writers mm. and have number one hits that way and it, it, it happens that's that's probably the best damn advice someone can give you what's the worst advice someone's giving you in this town i probably forgot it ah. <laughs> i'm not sure off the top of my head man yeah i've always been told to be the be the most sober one in the room no yeah that's not good that's not that's not gonna work i mean you don't need to be the most drunk you need, then yeah. problems happen but yeah. if you can be like mid-range 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 <laughs> mid-range you're kind of good that's where i try and like yeah it. <laughs> <laughs> Usually somewhere in Tin Roof kind of blur the lines a little bit some way somehow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You dial it to like a six or a seven. Exactly. You get to the eight range, that's when you know it's, oh, time, to it's time to roll. It's time to roll. <laughs> it's time to roll. So today's day and age, you were signed to Sony. Right. Yep. Signed to Sony. Um, you weren't discovered on TikTok like everyone else was discovered on TikTok. Oh man, I've, uh, I kind of did it the old-fashioned way. There's a lot. There's yeah. like a new wave of doing things now, <laughs> and I'm trying to understand that man. I'm so bad with social media. Holy shit, I don't understand it. Uh, I feel like I'm 75 trying to like figure out how to deal you. with you. I'm than you. How do you think I feel? <laughs> I don't know, man. These kids are killing it, though. I mean, they're they're coming up and they're doing their thing and they're getting deals. And man, I, I mean, I'm I'm happy for them, but I just can't figure it out. Maybe one of these days I'll figure it out. But. So, are you glad you did it kind of the old fashioned way than than to? Because I know everyone has their own path. Yeah. So, are you glad you did it the way you did it rather than the TikTok way? And that's not knocking anyone who did it to that yeah, way. Yeah. That's uh, you know. absolutely. Uh, I am glad I did it the way I did, man. Um, it felt organic the way I did it, and it felt uh, natural uh, to actually go to these meetings and have somebody feel passionate about my music the way that they did um, instead of seeing numbers and stuff, man. So that that felt good just to have that kind of backbone in my in right pocket. in your pocket because um, yeah, because you were playing around town, so you, they had the lie, they had the whole picture perfect for you, which you can't get on TikTok, unfortunately. Um, but social media, so <laughs> the, now the days and age of social media, you say you, you really. It's you, fucking wild, it's man. It's fucking wild. <laughs> it's fucking wild. I'm telling you. It's fucking wild. So you're 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 kind of you're old school at heart. I am for sure. But are you loving social media to where it's like it's giving you more access, giving your fans more access to you and to show you who you truly are? Because a lot of people, a lot of artists, they get to the point where it's like they really don't want to. They want to stay private. They want their private life to be private. So are I'm noticing about you that you are very an open book. <laughs> 
Only when I'm in person, though. I have a hard, like, I love to, like, meet people in person. That's what uh, really is my driving force, man. I, I'm a really personable person in person. But personable person in person. Say that five times real fast. <laughs> yeah. With but, whiskey uh, in your mouth. <laughs> but when it comes to, like, social media, man, it feels, I don't know, man. It feels like there's so much fake stuff out there that I don't want to come across fake. So I'm bad at, like, exposing myself on there because I don't want people to be like, oh, he's fake. And then it's like, oh, but you haven't actually known me. Like, or you haven't met me yet. So, like, I think that's my hold back on that, even though I'm still trying. Like, I'm still trying to learn right. and figure it out. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still – it's a it's an everyday grind for sure. Yeah, that's a full-time job being a freaking social media influencer. My ass cannot do that. No. Um, I just put puppies on, the, on my Instagram, there so we're good. There's, there's traps. There's chick magnets. Chick magnets. <laughs> chick magnets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going we're gonna to wrap up here. We're not going to keep you too long, but we're going to wrap up here soon. So uh, what is your ultimate goal? Like, if you were to end your career today, what would, what, what would you want your legacy to be? Mind you, we're, we're thinking like 30 years ahead, 40 years ahead. But you said end my career today. If you were to end it today, though, what would you want it to be? What would I want it to be? Your legacy. And this is like not what I've done now. Yeah. This is like looking down. Okay. Yeah. I would say, man, I would love to uh, have a fan base that was as large as a stadium could feel. Man, I would love to have a fan base that believed in my music. Even if radio doesn't come, even if streams don't come, man, uh, the people are what make the music and the people are what inspire me. And uh, I couldn't be here without the people that are following the music. So uh, uh, it all goes out to them. Dream collaboration. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, man, can they be dead? Dead or alive? Dead or alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Bon Jovi just popped hey, right back. So I mean, I would love to do a song with Bon Jovi. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think dream collaboration would be with Charlie Daniels, uh, Merle Haggard, um, Man, I don't know. And I guess in now times, man, I would love to do a song with Eric Church. I respect what he's doing. I respect the way that he's built his fan base and uh, how he's just got that. I'll be damned because that's exactly who I thought you were going to say from the beginning. Yeah, no, I, I'm big Eric Church fan, man. I respect, I respect the hell out of him. Eric is just one of those guys. I, that's funny because Andrew Janak, Janikus, I'm, I'm going to fuck up his name again. Uh, yep, I did it again. Um, he, <laughs> I did it again. He he's understanding. Um, he said Eric Church as well, and we talked about how Eric Church is just this one of a kind. He will go down as probably one of the prolific, most prolific entertainers in this industry. Absolutely, because he's one of his own. But one, one thing kind. about Eric Church, man, is uh, it's not that he's an entertainer because he is. I mean, don't get me wrong; he is one of the best entertainers in this business. Uh, but one thing that people don't realize about Eric Church and uh, what I think that radio has not understood about radio church, um, Eric Church is the fact that he's one of the best songwriters in this town. And the people he surrounds himself with and uh, the writers he surrounds himself with are the best in this town. And uh, hats off to him, man, because he's got the balls to go out there and not write full Not give a fuck. Church. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. And um, so... Favorite movie since you are a movie buff? Hmm. Uh, all time would be Saving Private Ryan. Really? I love that movie, man. I, I love, love that movie. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a couple years, though. I know. Okay. All right. This has been fantastic. <laughs> this has been great, man. Absolutely, man. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Ah, this is another episode. Make sure you guys go follow Cameron Marlowe on everything social media. Uh, go check out his new single that he's been out. Kill a talk, please. Stream the hell out of it. <laughs> that better. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That shit better go to a radio. <laughs>
Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks, shit better go to radio. But that's been another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thanks.